Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So you finally decided you want to start your own podcast, but your best friend is somewhere else in another country. So how are you going to do that? Well, you know what? Anchor makes it possible for you. I mean, look at us. <laughs> Del is, where are you, Del? I am in Curacao. Nope. <laughs> I'm in Utah. And here we are <laughs> chatting with her, podcasting with her. That's Anchor for you, making it possible. On mobile, you can invite anyone to record with you. Multiple people. They can be anywhere in the world they can join in anytime and be part of your podcast so all you have to do is make sure that you have the anchor app installed it's that easy so check out the eavesdrop on anchor.fm this ad is brought to you by anchor by spotify Welcome to yet another episode of the Eavesdrop Podcast. My name is Jelly. I'm Francesca. And this is Delamar. Are you guys proud I started it off? Yeah. <laughs> I never do. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to Jelly, imposter syndrome. Hello. Going on full on fan mode earlier with uh, Del and Fran. Okay, but. <laughs> We've got a guest for today. Yay! One that you've all been expecting because his name has been <laughs> mentioned numerous times. Yes. <laughs> we just name dropped him like back and forth, left and right. So the real one is here. Yes. The real one is here today. But just so you know exactly who we're talking about, he is the serial entrepreneur, producer, and host of the final pitch on CNN Philippines. He is also the president and founder of Street Park Productions Incorporated. This is an independent television production company. And he is also the producer of Philippine Realty TV. He's also the host in that show. It's been on for 18 seasons now. They started in 2008. Wow. Wow, right? And this is a guy who always comes up with very innovative ideas, especially when it comes to shows, mm -hmm. and it goes on air. <laughs> and then there are multiple seasons of it. Folks, please welcome on the eavesdrop, the real John Aguilar. Hi. Hi. We had to say the real, the real. Yes. You know, I was tempted. I was tempted to say, will the real John Aguilar please stand up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, John, you know... Um, we had you, Jelly had used your identity uh -huh. to, uh, 
Panaba to mask and to hide another guest. Oh, so she I said, uh, I, did you hear it? <laughs> How did you feel about been that? Told, we were mentioning uh, your name all over the place. I was clueless. Ronster sent me the, <laughs> the, the link. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I, I listened to the thing and I, I was clueless. What, what's happening? Here? <laughs> <laughs> I had so. to explain to him why his name was mentioned in the podcast. And I said that it was because, you know, we, we didn't want to reveal to Dell exactly who was coming that day. Yeah. That that particular guest was coming in. So I had to quickly come up with a name. And since I really wanted him to guest on the podcast, his name was the first one to come up. So thank you for joining us. Um, So I've met John numerous times, Mm -hmm. but the latest one was for a World Vision event where, where he did a really good talk I just sat down, was taking down numerous mm-hmm. notes. So what was the what was the topic? What it was, was all about? about well, the event was the final pitch. You have people from all walks of life pitch in an advocacy um what exactly what was it they had to do? But they had to pitch in, which <laughs> is very much like the format of his show, mm, the final correct, pitch. Correct. and then he did an inspirational talk afterwards, nice. which obviously got me that's why i'm like john you need to guess on the podcast (laughs) so there but we wanted to ask you about starting up well not just shows but you know working with your passions and actually making a profession out of it okay so can you tell us a little bit more about that ah that's a very vague general question right yeah Uh, like uh your passion and 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 making a business out of it Uh, uh, for me, things started way back, uh, uh, w- way back when I was um, still uh, a starting producer. Uh, when I was in, uh, I started out with Channel Nine. Mm-hmm. They um, made me into a segment producer slash uh, segment host, and I had this small little segment uh, in the news called Gimmicks. Right, I would do a bunch of different things that people my age, the young generation <laughs> that time, uh, were into. So. What was that, it at the time? The, uh, a lot of really crazy stuff like extreme sports oh. and uh, just really crazy stuff that... Uh, so you went out and, 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 and did all these activities yeah, and yeah. then um, produced the produced, segment. Produced segments. It. I had no background in TV that time. <laughs> okay. So I was kind of learning along the and way. And this was unheard of during that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not <of>. revealing <laughs> like how, what time, right? That was around 2000. Okay. 2000. <laughs> So that was a baptism of fire for me, I would say, because, um, you know, I didn't know anything and Mm -hmm. I was learning along the way. Mm -hmm. So I was passionately into, um, I wouldn't say the, the, the TV medium per se, but I was passionately into telling stories. Okay. And it just so happened that, um, I started out as a writer and eventually I became a TV uh, producer. Uh, it was my way of kind of getting out there and whatever it is that I wanted to tell in terms of the story, I knew that there was an audience listening or there was a, there was a viewer out there that I could possibly impact. So that was the draw for me uh, okay. when it came to TV production. And yeah. then from being a segment producer on Channel 9, how did you end up producing your own shows and have your own production company? Yep, my, my vision early on when I was starting out was eventually to be able to produce my own shows. Right? Because um, as, as someone who was a TV fan, I, I was always watching TV. But I was watching the good stuff. Okay. Right? And when I say good stuff, uh, these are things that when you watch it, you walk away having learned something that day or that 30 minutes. 
right? Like so, what? Like what shows? Oh, wow, uh, nerdy stuff like National <laughs> Geographic. Um, me, that's me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, I, I was also a lot into reality shows that time. Oh. Uh. What but, was the? I mm, know. Uh, uh, was that um, like, but, still Amazing Race? But yeah, the, yeah, Amazing Race, Survivor. Uh, Survivor. But uh, I wasn't into the the drama. I was more yeah, into the production. the production and how the, the concept, the concept and how mm. the producer actually made money, mm. right? Mm. Because if you look that time, um, early two thousands, Mark Burnett, yeah, the producer of Survivor, yeah. uh, when he produced the Amazing, oh, sorry, when he produced Survivor. There were a couple of segments there that really caught my eye. Uh, imagine you're in a deserted island. You're mm-hmm. with 20 different people. Um, you have to execute a challenge where the winner eventually wins, mm-hmm. let's say, a Big Mac. Yeah. Right? That uh, time, people were so averse uh-huh. to um, advertising. Mm-hmm. And it, literally, having a Big Mac... <laughs> Uh, in a show mm-hmm. was going to be seen as like, hey, that's a sellout, right? That's an ad. That's yeah. an ad. But the way he executed the the segment, imagine these people are starving, yes. right? Yeah. And to have a Big Mac as the the prize, the reward. they would kill each other for that Big Mac. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, it wasn't a sellout. It, ad. it wasn't a sellout. That was like the moment that they. That all is fought. genius placement right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and when when I saw that, I was like, that's magic, right? Because there are ways that you can integrate um, clients, products, services into a show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like, you know, at that time it was hard sell, but people accepted it. Right. Yeah. And I think right now we're seeing that. Yeah. Even with a little too much of it on local TV now. <laughs> yeah, but I think if you do it right, uh, it and works. It, yeah. if you execute it right, it's gonna work. And mm-hmm. and and through the years, there have been a lot of brilliant executions the way the way those things have been done. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how. I look at it. So, ganun yung, ganun yung nakikita mo. Kasi for most of us, we get caught up in the drama. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in your case, it's the, the it's little the stuff, the, the details. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. You've always been business-minded. I've always been business-minded just because my parents were also entrepreneurs. So, my, my, my mother uh, started out with a tailoring uh, shop or a, a tailoring business which she inherited from my uncle. So they did that for a while, Mm -hmm. and they were very successful for a few years. Uh And then uh, when the the tide shifted, when people weren't, you know, when when things went to RTW, that's when the business Mm. kind of uh, went down. down. Mm -hmm. And my father, who was really into arts and antiques, um, sort of had an idea, what if we shift our business towards this business instead? So... I saw early on that even though they were doing one business for a couple of years, it's really possible to totally shift what it is that you're doing and you're good at, Mm -hmm. eventually learn a new trade and become successful at that as well. So I learned from my parents early on that, I mean, they did not have any business background, right? Mm -hmm. But the way they were able to learn things on the fly and eventually make money, that sent me to school. That sent us Uh to school, right? Yeah. Their, Their businesses. Um, but was it all planned? Definitely not. And, and <laughs> was was it successful? In a way, it was because they were able to raise us properly. Mm-hmm. And and I le- really learned a lot from that that those early years when I would also like 
like with, with my dad, I would deliver physically the furniture that they would yeah. sell. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> a lot of real life experiences that taught you uh, all your lessons. And it's it's really hard. I mean, if you say, okay, I learned it on the fly, which means that you must have made like a lot of mistakes. Too many to mention. Too many. <laughs> is there anyone that like um, sticks out the, the most? And find, oh my God, this is... Yeah. <laughs> the lowest point for me yeah. was when I produced this show mid 2000, which was called Dance Idol. Okay. Um, it was a multi school, multidisciplinary dance competition that the idea was really born just from one of my interns saying, Hey, sir, you know, uh, dance is really big now and we're mm -hmm. part of the cheerleading team. And, you know, maybe we can make a show out of this. And I was like, Yeah, that, that sounds like a great opportunity. And I'm sure. Sponsors would uh, uh, fight to the, the nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long story short, I was able to produce, uh, at that time, the country's first dance reality show. Mm -hmm. So we had cheer, we had jazz, we had street, we had an open category. <clears throat> we didn't make money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, no. Yeah, in fact, the prize money for the second year... Um, I had oh, to... Oh, you made it to year two? I, yeah. That's <laughs> 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 it, it was really a lot of just blood, sweat, and tears. Right. I get yeah. it. Uh-oh. Uh, we, the prize money, I was able to pay off a year after they won it. Oh. Right? Just because I had to um, make, you know, money, I mean, on the side doing whatever. Yeah. Just so yeah. that I could pay off. But bottom line, uh, because it was my first attempt at producing my own shows, mm -hmm. Um, it really allowed for me to have the confidence to do things later on, even if, and, and the, the important thing is, uh, it didn't earn money. In fact, I lost money. Okay. But the important thing is that I was able to pay the cash prizes. I was right. going to say winners. bravo to you because you were still able to produce right. something to pay them with yeah. because others would probably just say, uh, this show didn't really make money and you know, we can only give you this much. Mm -hmm. No way. No way. That, that, that to me is because. That's that's my promise, right? Okay. You enter the show, mm -hmm. um, you will, and, and these these people, they they really work their asses mm -mm. off. Mm. That was months and months of training, and you know, um, at the end of the day, if you cannot deliver on your promise, um, that that's your name, right? Mm -hmm. And to this day, I think whatever I do, whatever I can do, I may be in over over my head, but you you just whatever it is you do, you just have to deliver. Right. So you have right. to find a way to deliver. Oh, yeah. so at that lowest point, what was your major? Because you could have said, oh, I quit. I don't want to do this. I again. don't want to produce. Any I don't want to produce anymore. <laughs> so what made what's your takeaway? What made you, I don't know, uh, get motivated to produce the next one or come up with the next idea? Yeah, what so, kept you going? Yeah. So you learn along the way, right? Because for, for, for Dance Idol, I was doing everything. I was the producer, director, host at the point, even the editor. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. my editor left because oh, we had a disagreement. Yeah, but I had a team, right? Mm -hmm. I had a team of interns and, and ex-teammates from track and field who were helping me out, who were my segment producers as well. But it was literally a one-man show. All right. And we were airing on Studio 23. It was um, at, at, on, our, on our second season, we were like a nine-episode TV series reality show. Uh, we were in Alio Theater, which I got for free because I kind of, you know, kinda convinced them, hey, this is a good thing. And yeah, a lot of yeah. people will go. And, you know, but um, it was a lot of meeting people and just trying to convince them that this is going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. But um, because of the failure that I got from that, eventually the things that I did later on, um, every show or every special TV special was a learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. 
as eventually I got to do more things and people believed more in what I was doing. Um, I got better at pitching my ideas. Yeah, okay. And, you know, um, as you age mm-hmm. also, it comes with a lot of um, confidence, I would, I would say. I think the older you get, Mm-mm. the more confident you become at expressing your ideas. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't fail, it doesn't fly, mm-hmm. you know that whatever um, that is, eventually it will find its place in the sun, eventually, if you do it constantly and you do it. Um, just relentlessly. So that's kind of what I've been doing the past couple of years. You know, I really wanted to pick your brain on how you have all this gusto going into business because Monica's already done it. All of us are ex-radio <laughs> folks. Yeah. Monica's done it because now she's got sweet ex. Mm-hmm. It's something that I want to get into. I want to have my own business, but I just don't have the guts. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you even start? How do you decide what business to set up? And What's like the first step or what you should <laughs> yeah. what should you plan? Because like, you know, for honestly, Sweet Ecstasy was just like we're 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 lucky and just like you, we learned and we had so many mistakes, so many expensive mistakes and hurtful mistakes and all that. But like if you is there a way that anybody can do it without those? <laughs> without <laughs> going having that? to go through that. Unfortunately it's a necessary part of the equation right and and you know this Mm because you've done it but jelly i remember distinctly after that world vision talk you approached Mm. me and you asked you asked me the same thing yes because i've really (laughs) been thinking about this and and i also remember my response to you which was whatever it is that you're good at and you're passionate about you can probably start from there but the thing is it it shouldn't um really be the end all and be all like let's say you're passionate in something that should be your business or, or that should be your service because the most important thing, and this is what I always look at before I start something, who is your market, right? Who's the client or who's the buyer of that product or service? I think that is the most important thing more than what you're passionate about. Okay. See, because I, I, you know, we, we talked about this and I think your response to me that time was, you are into... I'm into healing, healing. fitness. Yeah. Correct, correct. Dance. Dance. <laughs> Which is which is good because right now there's really a huge market for wellness. Yes. Right. I mean, the past couple of years you've seen it. Yeah. Big brands have latched onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, keto is <laughs> like a trend that I don't know how long it's gonna be there, but it's not gonna be with me for a long time. That's for sure. <laughs> She's counting all the days. But if you see, the market is ready for what you have to offer, right? And you yourself are in a unique position because you're a public figure. You have this platform Mm -hmm. and the things that you have right now are tools by which you will be able to use eventually to launch whatever it is that you will decide to become your business. And the start of it technically shouldn't even be what you end up being good at or what you end up having go to market, right? Because Mm -hmm. as you're doing things along the way, whatever you start, you're going to have to iterate on that. Okay, it will evolve. Exactly, because, yeah, it's it's part of really developing a a business, right? I'm curious, Del, have you ever gone into business, ever? Um, I was very business-minded as a a child. I mean, I would go into my classroom buying, I would buy a bag of sugus. Um, It's a candy. And then that was like three pesos, and then I would sell it in school. (laughs) I was very business-minded. I was the... I don't know why, but I lost it. I lost that business mindedness, mm. which which is why I'm pretty quiet because I'm trying to remember that a part of me, like 
my biggest dream as a kid was not to be a teacher. My biggest dream was to own a school. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what, and that's, my parents were so proud of me. And I don't know, but somewhere along the way, radio, like what you were saying, sometimes your passion, you know, might not be the thing that you will build your career on. Like you, but it evolves, but in, right? So I was wondering, are you a salesperson? You are, no? (laughs) You are. It seems like you are. Because I was wondering, is he a storyteller? Is he a producer? Or is he a salesperson? Mm-mm. And when you talk about your ideas, it's it's almost like twins shunning how to sell it. Right. You right, never right. go into it just as a passion, Mm-mm. but how to sell it as well. Right. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I took up my master's in entrepreneurship in Ateneo, at ME, um, my my professor uh, Ed Murato, who's like the the Yoda of the the, the gurus there. Mm. Um, a couple of years after, one of the, the one of his students told me, "Hey, you know, uh, Edmo talked to you uh, talked about you uh, in, class. in class, and he explained to the class um, this student from before from from batch one, who thought he was a TV producer, <laughs> and at one point because of Philippine reality TV, he thought he was a real estate developer, but what he really was was he's he's a he called me an impresario, so um, mm. an impresario is someone who's good at um, aggregating resources uh-huh. um, right. and, and, you know, making people believe in the concept or the idea. The perfect, uh-huh. I guess, example for that would be um, P.T. Barnum, uh, mm-hmm. the greatest oh, yeah. Yeah. showman. Yeah. So, yeah. so that guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that guy who has a vision for something. Yeah. Um, he had a, an abandoned um, hotel or mm-hmm. warehouse that he converted into, you know, uh, like prefer- the yeah. circus. Um, mm-hmm. And... And I think that closely <coughs> resembles what I've been doing the past couple of years. It's really, I have an idea and I get people to subscribe to that idea. In a lot of ways, it's really sales, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I was wondering, like, is he, what is he? Is he at, the, at the beginning, I thought you were a storyteller. Uh-huh. But then I was like, no, you were most latched on to sales and how to... Have them all come together Mm -hmm. seamlessly. Right, right. But the thing is, you can't, I think you can't be good in sales if you can't tell a good story, right? Yeah. Mm Because bottom line, um, sales is really about involving the person Mm -hmm. and making that person part of your vision, Mm. right? It's not, it's never a one-way thing. Right. And sales is always about trying to see what the other person wants Mm -hmm. And seeing if what you offer is something that's but, going to be good for the both of you, right? It's never a one-way street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think if you look at, at it in that way. It's a symbiotic relationship. Exactly. So because some some people are sales, like maybe you're a sales agent. Mm. Maybe you want right? But that's never sustainable because yeah. you have a product. Um, I don't care what <clears throat> you know you need. It's just that I need to push this product to you. But I don't look at it that way because I'm always after what is this, what is it that I can offer mm-hmm. that you will be able to use and will benefit you in whatever it is that you're doing? And right from the onset, whatever it is that I build is going to be able to help you achieve that. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I see sales. It's never about creating a product that I like and hopefully that you will like You'll it like as well. Also, uh-uh. Because this is primarily for you. And I think if you attack it that way, then whatever it is that you come up with, you're... you're you're kind, you kind of have a, an advantage already because Mm-mm. you know that this is something that they need. Mm. 
Hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the prevailing thought these days is, you know, the saying where follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And it's misled people right. into thinking, mm-hmm. what's your thought on that? Because with what you're saying, it's as if you're you are debunking that. You have to be open to all possibilities. You can start with your passion, pero parang be open to any kind of evolution you will find while pursuing that passion. Can can what do you feel? What can you say about that prevailing thought where people are just it's your passion go and then they can't make money out of correct, it. Correct, correct. If I were to go with my passion from from like college <laughs> or after college, I would have been a national athlete. Uh, now, like competing in the, because oh. for a while after college, I was What's your sport? Uh, track and field. Oh, okay. Track so, and field. Yeah. In fact, 2005, I was, um, 2003, I was actually training for the 2005 SEA Games, hoping to nice. be part of the, because I was a 100 meter dash sprinter and a decathlete also. If I had followed that, mm-hmm. um, I probably would have stayed with the national team for a few years. <clears throat> but then again, that time I was also doing a lot of this TV stuff on the side. Mm-mm. And, I, and my, I, I distinctly remember my last competition, uh, which was uh, the Singapore Open. I placed maybe third or fourth in my heat. And, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as that happened, I, I just really thought, okay, I'm passionate about track and field. I'm passionate mm-hmm. about running. But I have to move on because I feel like at this point, I do not have the... The, the willingness mm. to do what it uh. takes to be able to do this long term. Okay. okay. Because at that time, I was already interested in doing TV Others, work and, and, other and writing, stuff. right? So, so, so as, there, as an athlete, there. you have just a prime number of years. You're, you're in your prime for a certain number of years. And it, it doesn't really make a lot of money, does it? N- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually sad. And because and I was training a lot with the national team that time and you could really see the the sad state of Philippine sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in it right. for a long time, and it just so happened that I was lucky because, um, you know, I, I went to a good school and I had options. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and at that time, I, I already exercised my option, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of these national athletes do they not have, have that, that luxury, right? Mm-mm. So um, that's the thing, because a lot of them fall into the trap of doing what they're passionate about without thinking what is the next step for you after this yeah. like after the next right. 10 years where where will you find yourself mm-hmm. what what skills are you cultivating now that will allow you to transition um, after yeah. this chapter in your life so that's what i think a lot of people fail to see the long term of what they're doing now because right now what i'm what i'm doing with the things that i do are actually preparing me for the next 10 years so it's never about what I'm into now. Okay. Yeah. Because what I'm into now mm-hmm. actually prepares me for, for the next decade or the next 20 years of what we're going to be doing for, for the business or the businesses. How do we do that though? So, I know. I'm like, oh, I like that. Well, well, I like I, that. But how do I, was I do looking, it? <laughs> I, sorry. I was looking at the ladies and all of us and Jude included, all of us, you know, we didn't have that foresight that you did. Yeah. All we did was just have fun mm. on the radio. Okay. Yes. But oh, oh, exactly. We didn't think about the transition. Because <laughs> the transition is kind of painful, right. yeah. right, isn't right, it? Right, right. Especially when you're not prepared. When you've got no other choice, yes. that's when you start to think of other options. Right, right. It, that's probably the reason why I was 
really asking him, trying to pick his brain, digging for info. Because I'm also thinking um, pretty much similar to athletes. You have a, a prime mm-hmm. as a host. Mm-hmm. And then what's next? What's next? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about now. What is next? Yeah. yeah, we never thought about that. Like my mom would always say, oh, you know, Monica, Fran, you know, you, you have to remember that in your field, you are highly disposable. I said, nah, mom. <laughs> Not me. But apparently, <laughs> yes, it's, but, it's, it's 100% true, you know? And she's like, well, you need to set things up just like yeah. that. Like now that I'm thinking about it and, and I would just shrug it off. No, it's okay. Cause I never thought about the future. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting. Cause um, about two days ago, I, I had coffee with, you know, Revilson Fernandez. Oh, yeah. Course. Yeah. Of so, course. You know, amazing race, Asia. Yes. Asia's got talent. So we, we got into this conversation because my my show, The Final Pitch, is going ASEAN. Ooh, right? hey, congratulations. So, congratulations. So our plan is to take it outside of the Philippines. Uh, come I mean, up with, this guy is working with Tony Fernandez of Air Asia. Uh, He's like one of the um, one of the mentors, right? He was a, he was a guest on, on the show for one of our investors, uh, Mikey Romero who now owns uh, Philippines Air Asia. Yeah. So Ravilson and I got talking about uh, the future, right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, not a lot of people know uh, that I actually tried out for this show uh, back in the early 2000s uh, called Game Plan. Oh, I remember. oh yes. Mm-hmm. There, was, um, there was an audition for that show and mm-hmm. eventually uh, Ravilson got the part, right? So yeah. he got to host that show okay. and I was the one who didn't. Um, get it. Mm-hmm. So I was the bridesmaid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that experience really set me up. That failure really set me up for the things that I would be doing later on, mm. like creating my own shows, uh, doing my own thing. But, you know. So re- you said, oh, if you're not going to get me as a host, I'll make my own show. Exactly. And make myself my own host. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. No, <laughs> serious, in, in all seriousness. And, yeah. and I can control every aspect of that show, mm. right? And Ravilson is the best at what he does. Right. Right? He's like, he is by far one of the best, best hosts in Asia, mm-hmm. in, yep. in my opinion. Very I mean, true. that guy is just really fast and, you know, he's, he's charming. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's a really good guy. Yeah. Right? He, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Who know, actually wanted to be a director. Exactly. But they wanted him as a host. Real Wilson. <laughs> Just because he's so good at it. Yeah. Right? So I asked him, what's the next step for you? Mm. And right now, uh, you, you, so Dave Chappelle was here, right? Yes. Um, Did you watch him? No, because I watched Jokoy. Uh, <laughs> it was the same night. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle coming to the Philippines was actually Ravilson's idea. No. Yeah. Oh, I have so to thank Ravilson. So it was Ravilson. his idea. Oh, so, wow. <clears throat> How did it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he proposed it to the people at Solaire. He said, hey, you know, you should bring this guy here and wow. eventually have these Filipinos open up for him. Okay. Right? And mm-hmm. eventually that would feed into the local comedy scene and, and, right. and eventually just help them out as well. Okay. So um, so he's saying, you know, that's, that's the future for me, man. I mean, I want to bring these um, he talents wants to produce. From, from abroad. And, you know, given his talent mm-hmm. and his, his network. His pull, yeah. His pull. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that he can do it. So with him, I mean, he's, he's, he's a top act host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which can have a second act later on mm-hmm. as someone who can also pull talent. Yeah. Uh, here to the Philippines. Right. That's so cool. So, 
So that's what we all need to uh, ponder on our second act. Yeah, well, you know, like a lot of athletes, Jude, like a lot of uh, NBA players or NFL players, they play and then they hit their peak and then they become the what do you call it? The sportscasters or the commentators. Mm-hmm. Sino ba yung mm-hmm. His his commentating life was longer than his actual. Was it? Not was it Tom Brady? Was it? There's somebody that Al had mentioned that his commentating career is longer than his right, actual athlete right. athletic career. And if you look at and Kobe he's like Bryant, really good, yeah, yeah, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Um, had he not passed away, a lot yeah. of people were saying he would have probably been a better investor mm-hmm. than he was a basketball player. Really, <laughs> just because of the way he saw things and his right. his, his mentality. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that guy was amazing the first few years he was into investing. Mm. Uh, Jude's still brilliant. thinking about your question. Yeah, I'm going to ask, I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm going to ask Al. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Who, that? who is that? But he's definitely, and he's really good at his job at, at, at a commentator. Anyway. yeah. What, I, what I'm getting from John is it's a relationship business mm-hmm. that you have to cultivate, especially if you're putting out shows uh, that you don't have a specific network when you're starting or yeah. you've, you've, you've gone through from Channel 9 and then Studio 23. I think that's where the reality, uh, reality show was. On well, ANC. On, on ANC, ANC, correct. And, and, and it, it very revealing that you mentioned that you didn't have any idea at all about, you're not a realtor. You just had a... No. Uh, you're not. I didn't no. start out that way. Yeah. But because of the show... And then yeah. when I I think I caught a couple of those episodes. What was it on a weekend or when they'd have uh, the the reruns? And you'd have the builders right there mm-hmm. talking about uh, the materials, right. and that's something that you don't normally see on TV. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just go to all the conventions yourself, Mm-mm. correct? And then you saw something in that that maybe there's a gap. That's why you decided to uh, put up a. a a TV show uh, specifically targeting uh, the realty market that uh, people weren't building buildings left and right back then, I'm sure. Right, right. right. It was just growing uh, at that time in, mm-hmm. in, in the Philippines, especially. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I coined this term for what, what I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, um, you know, method actors, right? So method actors mm-hmm. really get into their role. It, it really takes over their 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 lives. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I kind of do this also with producing TV shows. I'm a method producer, mm. so when I produce a show, I really get into that industry or that 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 uh, ecosystem. Okay. So when I produced Philippine Realty TV for the first time, um, I I started building houses on the show. So a lot of these advertisers wouldn't pay us in cash; mm. they wanted to pay us in in goods, in, in goods, materials, right? So John, can we pay you in? Uh, <laughs> Bathroom concrete fixtures deals. or concrete, <laughs> right? Hardy Flex. So exactly, <laughs> which is one well, of our sponsors. That's a very, that's a very good See, there product. You go. See, I remember it. And yeah. it was from watching your, your, your yeah. show. It, it's frustrating at the start just because you have to pay your people, right? right. And you can't pay them. Hey, can I just pay you uh, with <laughs> a faucet this, today? <laughs> have this slab right here. <laughs> take it home. <laughs> but I think it's creating an opportunity from that, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I figured, hey, you know, I'm getting all of these building materials. Why not? why don't I liquidate it through building houses and eventually selling them after I build them? So wow. that was that was the basis by which I started building these houses on the show. You so made it work. I had to because um, <laughs> you have no choice. There's no choice. Usually what you'd come across if there's something that's being offered to you, like uh, this is all we can offer. This is what we can give. If mm. you want to partner with us, 
this is all we've got. Sometimes you'll dispel that because you're like, that's not what I need. I need mm. money. I need investors. Mm-mm. But in your case, you still accepted that. Yeah, you have to make it work. And I think you just have to be creative in how you that's, that's are able to execute. Because that time when I figured, okay, so I was, th- I was thinking, okay, I'm getting all of these building materials. Mm-hmm. What if, so, and, and it's a big, crazy idea, right? I, I actually build houses. I had no <laughs> experience. <laughs> you, know, you, <laughs> were, you were not at all. Uh, you no were way. learning on the fly, exactly. yeah. as you but, told us earlier. Yeah, but so it's now also, you can build houses like that? Well, still, I, I'm, I'm still doing still, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm still yeah. doing it. But I think also critical is um, who you work with because yeah. that time the team the, around you exactly first person I ever approached was architect June Palafox. Oh, nice! So once I got him on board, he said, "That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You will support it." Then I think everything fell into place, but not without really the hard work that goes into it. Like Mm-mm. every day, I would be. And it was still possible at that time. Uh, I would be in my maybe five, six meetings every day, mm-hmm. meeting with um, suppliers, contractors, mm-hmm. trying to sell them the idea of mm-hmm. this thing that we were going to be building. So it's a lot of talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, by now, I've, I've really talked to thousands of people. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's pressing it's really, the flesh right there. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. nothing remote. You just face to face. Yes. Mm-mm. And trying to convince them. I have I'm, a pitch. <laughs> I know, we were just waiting for it. We were just waiting for the pitch. <laughs> no, because you were talking about this, and it's funny because as the this is just my reading. I could be wrong, huh? But with the influx of let's say the BPO industry, a lot of people have a lot more money, and they're young, mm-hmm. and you can see that they're starting to build. They want to own their not necessarily homes because they measure mahale. So they go into condos. Mm-mm. So my pitch is no, no, I'm, I'm, no I'm just saying that a reality TV show for designing, yeah, designing condos for the yuppies. So mm-hmm. you know, clients. Uh-huh. Okay, you bought this condo. What are we gonna do? You got clients from, I don't know, whatever. But what I see in in you is you see you you mentioned that gap. There's a gap. I mean, Jude mentioned it. There's a gap, and you see it. Mm-mm. And you try he to spots. create something that fills it and brings all to brings a lot of a lot of different fields together. Right. And then you make it into a show. Right, right. And and I think that kind of that kind of brain and dami musigurong windows open, no? Yeah. At any given point, your uh-huh. your brain is like a, a computer na okay, ito yung ito yung media, ito yeah, yung right. advertisers, ito yung ito yung uh, the actual production. Right. Is that tiring? Do you sleep at night? <laughs> oh yeah, I get a lot of well, yeah, sometimes I don't just because it's just so active. But that's yeah. something I learned from my wife, you know. Mm. It's just really sometimes to compartmentalize. Yeah. Cuz I could be on like constantly. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. I was like because you know, yeah, you are such a creative force. You if you're not tethered, you're just going to go fly away. Yeah, yeah. High up there and I was going to ask yeah, that that was my follow-up question like who grounds you? Oh, you definitely, know? it's my wife. <laughs> but but so you didn't meet. When did you meet her? I mean, how long have you been married? Uh, she was one of my first clients in that real estate show. Oh, for real! Philippine Reality TV. Oh, I nice. figured she was so. in the real estate industry because when I met her, she was in the real yes. estate industry. And now she's not. I know. Because she's with me. She's yeah. work. She's your business partner. <laughs> yeah, she is. She That's is cool. Okay, and how many years is that? How long ago was that? That was uh, two thousand. 
eight. Eight, okay. Right. Okay, so yeah. when Philippine Realty TV was just starting. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, initially, she was my client, but mm-hmm. you know, you know how the world works, yeah. and <laughs> eventually, uh, I always say that uh, you know, linigawan ako. So, <laughs> so uh, eventually, we we joined forces, and and I could not be happy. Everything that we're doing now would not be possible if not for my wife. How does Monica. the teamwork work? Oh, um, wow, wow, okay. So I'm the, the vision guy, right? Yeah. I'm the one who thinks of the ideas. I'm the one who sells the concept. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who, who does the deals. Mm-hmm. I do the deal making. So, um, Anchor owned by Spotify, you know that already. It makes podcasting easy and fun. Now, the thing is, some of our listeners want in on the podcast. They want their voices to be heard on the podcast. Well, this is it. You know, you can do that with Anchor Voice Message and give us your feedback on any episode you choose, and we will air it. Isn't that great? We're waiting. We're bracing ourselves for your feedback. So check us out, the eavesdrop on Anchor.fm. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. By Spotify. You're listening to the eavesdrop. She's the one who. Monica, that's her name. Monica. Yeah, yeah. See, all Monica. Monicas are yeah. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Monica's really the one who tells me, hey, you know, maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it's too, um, it's not doable for now. Think on it some more. Oh, I that's mean, me. Let it, that's me let that I got with Al. Yeah, let it simmer. <laughs> let because it simmer. I'm sure your characteristic is like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. Impulsive. Constantly, yes. Yeah, yes, constantly. Yes. Oh, wow. But but she really grounds me in that in that sense. No, she, she's the one who says, okay, let's crunch the numbers. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? Uh, but that's the thing. I, I pitch her the concept. But if I... You have to do your final pitch with her. Of course, of course. <laughs> oh, but wait. My, okay, so that's how it is now. But in the beginning, were you as open to pitching and getting somebody's feedback... In the beginning? Constantly, yes. Really? Yes. yes. Like uh, you never yeah. said, oh, no, it's my way no, or the highway. No, 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 no. Really? I, I, uh, I think what's important is if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you mm-hmm. have to have, um, in Japanese, it's called shoshin. Mm-hmm. It's that called mean? the beginner's mindset, oh. right? If you mm-hmm. get into um, an industry, which mm-hmm. I, I often do, mm-hmm. um, I never go into it thinking that I know a couple of things already. Nice. I like that. It's always... I have to go into something mm-hmm. with no preconceived notions, with no biases. Mm-mm. I have to be as open to all ideas as possible. And because mm-hmm. from that evolves an idea that could possibly work. Because you're an outsider, Mm-mm. right? You're never, like with the real estate show, I was never into, I, I'm not an architect or engineer. Uh-uh. Um, for but I f- thought you were. For <laughs> 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 watching the show, you fooled <laughs> you. <laughs> Anyway, but that's, that's, yeah, but that's actually, that's through osmosis, right? Because Mm -hmm. I was talking to the best people. Mm -hmm. I was talking to architect Palafox. Mm -hmm. I was talking to all of of the the suppliers who eventually gave me a lot of ideas that I implemented on the show, Mm -hmm. which also eventually led me to write um, uh, my first book, which is the, which is Project First Home, which is a step-by-step a guide to how to build a home in the Philippine setting. That's didn't amazing. It, so, didn't that eventually become a show as well? It be, it was the the book was inspired by the first series which we did on okay. Philippine Realty TV, which was Project First Home. So literally the first home wow. that I ever built as a novice. Mm-hmm. So all of the mistakes, all of the learnings I put into that book. And eventually that that book um, through the years has been used by a lot of people who built their own homes. 
And surprisingly also. Wow, well, true. Because you really have no idea what yeah. you're going to do, what you need to start with, who yeah. you need to call. Exactly. No, I was just amazed from somebody who has no background in building houses. <laughs> Ending up with a book. Yeah. yeah. And actually, a TV show. Yeah, and, and eventually that book was, was used by aspiring build and sell contractors mm. who did not have any experience eventually reading it mm-hmm. and 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 deciding okay I will start building my own houses and selling them mm. so it actually kind of um also created like this um uh, uh like this mini ecosystem of build builders. and sell builders yeah. um who got into the business also because of what we were doing on the show and sometimes I would get these people would come up to me and say Dude, thank you for <laughs> writing the book because it, it really helped me start my own business as oh, well. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Y- you know what you mindset. were talking about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go John. ahead. No, no, no. No, you were talking about how you're curious. And it made me think about a study that um, supposedly predicts the success of children, which mm-hmm. is a growth mind, uh, 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 no, uh, gro- uh, no, mind growth. A growth mindset. mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it feels like that's what you are. You're you're not afraid of not knowing anything because you don't know anything yet. Correct. Right? Because this is a new thing in education. A lot of kids are scared because when you, sorry, this is a background, no? When you tell your child, you're so smart, you're so smart, it props them because now they think they're smart, mm-hmm. but when they don't know anything about something, they're scared and they don't want to try mm-hmm. for fear of losing the smart title that was given to them. Right. But you, on the other hand, you're saying actually the opposite mm-hmm. and that you belong to that growth mindset kids who are not afraid to not know anything. You can go into something and learn and learn and learn. And now you have a book, <laughs> you have a TV show mm-hmm. and you are a prime example of a growth mindset. I can see the Is thought in some- John. He's probably thinking, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to learn. Because it, it's the same thing for the start of your career when you said that you didn't know anything about producing. And yet there you were winging it. And that can't happen if you were so content with, oh, no, no, I know this. If mm. you were so content with the things that you knew. You are actually, I think you find challenges more interesting. (laughs) Is that true? That's been reading you. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. What was, were you a psychology um, graduate? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I'm I'm interested in how people's minds work. Yes, yes. Minds work and yours is like, like I said, a lot of tabs are open. And here you are now, you've got all these things, but then you're also thinking of the next step. So my, my next question is twofold. One is, what's your next transition? Where are you going next? And second, I don't know if you've ever read The Power of Now. Have you ever read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle? I haven't, unfortunately. Maybe I should. Yeah. (laughs) No, you were advising everybody who's listening to us and also all of us to not just think of today, Mm. but what you're going to do after this phase. Right. His school of thought is, Live in you'll the be anxious 
Uh, live in the now, <laughs> and and I'm trying to oh, I'm trying to grapple how to. I know they're not opposed, mm. and I'm trying to understand. Because mm. it doesn't destroy you. The transition seems to fuel you mm. and not give you anxiety. Or or are you anxious? I don't think you are. You sound kind of oh, yeah. constantly <laughs> anxious. You have to be. You have to be anxious. You have to be paranoid. Mm. I think. Um, to answer your first question about what, what's what's next. So mm-hmm. so you know what I did with Philippine Realty TV? Now we're doing the final pitch. Mm-hmm. We're taking it across ASEAN. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing for us is, actually, the final pitch is not a TV show mm-hmm. in my mind. Right. It is a platform by which we are now launching these um, startups, mm-hmm. meaning they're they're getting the exposure that yes. they need, they're getting the funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But eventually, right. it's for us to be able to also do our own startups. Nice. So okay. we're coming up with a new show called The Venture Builder. Uh huh. And it's going to be a show that we'll be creating. Uh, well, we'll be creating our own startups from the ground up. Oh wow! So we've already put up the physical facility uh, over here in uh, Libyas. It's called Dragon's Nest. Cool. And uh, <laughs> it's it's um, think Big Brother, but it's going to be for startups, not for so artistas. Right? You're gonna have these people in with here with bright ideas. With bright ideas. Um, um, no. What's their parameters? Okay. So like- for for those people who are not into the startup community, mm. so. We have these um, groups or companies called um, incubators or mm. accelerators, okay. right? So these companies help existing startups with their startups, meaning if they have funding uh, requirements or if they need people, mentors, they help these existing startups with existing ideas okay. scale okay. or go to the next level. All right. In our case, right. we're doing everything from scratch. So a venture builder does not work with a founder who has an existing idea. Because what we're going to do is we're going to be building everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. We're going to be partnering with the conglomerates. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first year of its life, we will be putting up five new startups, which is Ambitious. going to be partnered with the conglomerates. So wow. how we will put everything together is that the conglomerates will actually fund the startups, mm-hmm. but the ones who will be the CEOs, mm-hmm. we will actually have um, a call out, a TV show that will look for them. And eventually, as we're building um, the, the startups, we will document everything. That's so it's crazy. literally, <laughs> so from idea, right. um, even, even when we pitch it to the conglomerates, mm-hmm. who eventually we will work with, we will actually document that. Because a lot of startups struggle yes trying to see how they can work with these big companies. So mm-hmm. we will document that. And when we have a call out search for the CEOs, mm-hmm. so mind you, the CEOs don't necessarily have to have their own idea mm-hmm. <clears throat> because that will be formed <laughs> later on. Mm-mm. But what we're going to be looking for are CEOs or potential CEOs that have either been, have failed maybe mm-hmm. in their previous stab at entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Maybe these are corporate superstars who've always wanted to be entrepreneurs or who've always wanted to be in tech. Mm -hmm. Um, These will also probably be people who um, were successful in their field but want to do something else. So it's like The Apprentice, but we're not looking for The Apprentice. We're looking for the next CEOs of these startups that we will build. So when we get them on board, um, we co-create the startup with the conglomerate Mm-hmm. And eventually, when we do the experiments, we will show how mm-hmm. we will succeed and also how we will how you gloriously fail, fail in yeah. some things that we will be doing. Uh-uh. So, 
And, and eventually, as we are building these startups, after about mm-hmm. a year, a year and a half, the goal would be to get follow-on funding so that we can scale these enterprises and eventually for them to be spun off to be their own separate identity outside of Dragon's Nest. So <laughs> Holy cow. So that's that's the plan. <laughs> but how lucky are these startups that they're getting all this guidance and help from you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's also working with the right people because um, like with a formula for the real estate show, right? I'm going to be getting the best people that we can have mm-hmm. as part of the venture builder. Mm-hmm. So the group... Uh, chief marketing officer, the group mm-hmm. CFO, the group um, CTO or chief technology officer mm-hmm. will also oh. be the best of the best. Because if you come to think of it, if you're a new startup, one of the struggles is really how do you find the right people to work with? Bro, how do yeah. you find the funding? In this case, everything is going to be provided for. So the main focus of the CEO would be how do we achieve product market fit? Right. And eventually, wow. how do we scale this enterprise down the road? Because yeah. the, the the hard things that usually entrepreneurs or startups have to deal with, mm-hmm. we will take care of them, of that for them. Or that part, yeah. Yeah, so it's really about how you focus your energies on trying to find the right thing for the market, getting the traction, getting the sales, mm-hmm. and eventually trying to scale that. And, and these enterprises, right from the onset, are never going to be hyper-local. It's not for the Philippines mm. only. It's going to be for a regional play. <laughs> so right from the start, it's going to be that. The the, the vision is going that to be that big. That scope is very yeah, big. Yeah. Wow. A jelly. John, John, sorry, how old are you? Sorry, I'm... I'm if you don't mind, young. how old are you? I've, I've, well, I've lost most of my hair, but I'm 42. <laughs> wow. Very accomplished. Good you have thing. a very business. Oh, it's very business. You're very business minded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are you an anxious guy? Like always looking, sniffing no, for no, something I'm, new? I'm actually very chill. Um, that's what I, I feel right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a good place because mm-hmm. um, like, for example, my TV company, I really have good people there yeah. already. So that part. I don't even have to think about it. I hardly go to the office. Mm-mm. In fact, I, I go maybe once, twice a week for a few hours. But You've set that up well enough yes. so they can take care of themselves. Yes, yes. Um, my, my focus right now is on on talking to the right people Mm-mm. and getting them to But isn't come that on the board. goal? Isn't that, because like my goal is like, I want my business to run, you know, uh, whether I'm here or somewhere else. So Correct. I, so my mind can be free to think about other things. Exactly. The You're leveraged. The exactly. big picture exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And How I guess, did you get there? That's sorry, what go I want to ask yeah. John is, did you ever have to micromanage? Oh, yes, of course. So it's necessary. It's, it's not necessary. Like, you know what? Uh, Monica had just posted. She had just posted a couple of days ago on Instagram. <laughs> I don't need to micromanage. But okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to. But apparently, maybe more often than not, the situation lends its, itself oh. to having your voice in there in every little bit of detail. But <laughs> the, the idea at, at the end is dapat wala na akong exactly. masyadong pakialam dyan. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So that's not easy as it sounds, right? Oh, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's a journey that, that takes time. Oh. I know. It really takes time. And you think just by saying one thing, they would get it? No oh. way. I know. You have to <laughs> repeat it constantly with the hope that eventually they will get it, right? But when uh-huh. they get it, Man, it's, like, it's yeah. yes. It's a Eureka Finally, moment. yes. We're all on the same page. <laughs> but that's the goal is to make yourself obsolete, right? That's Mm-mm, the goal. Yeah. It's really, you should be able to do it so that I can focus on the other stuff. Correct. 
Yeah, I learned that. Oh, you're too. in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> so you're getting there. there. You're Have getting there, Monica. But I get you. Were you um, in the beginning? I don't know. You you say you're chill, and then um, you're not so anxious anymore. But was there a time in the in your earlier you know career where you hot headed? Were you like um, angry? Because that was me. That's me. I that was me in the beginning. Like I would get so frustrated and I would get so yeah. angry like really quickly. And then I realized yesterday because we opened up a new branch in Alabang, and it was the first wow. day. Branch, nice. folks. Yeah, it was the first day, and it was the kitchen was slammed. Um, people were waiting for their orders, you know, understandably so because like the line was like twenty, you know, people deep. Um, and then small things happened during that day that before I'd get really triggered. Yeah. And like my reaction would have been totally different. It would have been like off the handle, mm. like angry. And then I realized at the end of the day, I said, oh, wow, I really handled myself really well. I didn't freak out. I didn't get angry. I was just really zen. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because if somebody goes, oh, yeah, you know that table? They said that their burger was, I know, well done. So I'm like, oh, I said, okay. <laughs> I was like, because there's nothing I can do about it. You know, it was like, but before I would be so angry. Yeah, yeah. So w- w- did you go through that? Or is that just me? <laughs> is that just my personality? You answered your own question. I don't know. There you go. I just need to know. I need to have Kasama. <laughs> I think everyone's different, right? In really? terms of our management style. But for mm-hmm. me, I think like as a general rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just try to eat. Uh, eat. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> talking about burgers. But <laughs> I just try to treat everyone with respect. Right, yeah. I think that's the most important mm-mm, thing. Mm-mm. I mean, no matter how... Uh, frustrated you mm-hmm. get and things are never going to go your way all the time right yeah uh, you know that but I think it's just trying to if someone makes a mistake just pulling them mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. and just talking to them um, and, and saying okay this is what you did wrong right um, um, I don't like it Mm-mm. I hope that you also see or recognize the value of me talking to you about it Mm-mm. because hopefully I don't repeat myself again because we should know these things already yeah right yeah. and I, I think it's approaching that from the the, the the side of someone who's also trying to help you mm-hmm. be the best that you can be at what you're doing right so and 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 if we can talk about it amicably mm-hmm. and not it's never it's never yeah so so to me I think that's what works for me Mm-mm. I think it's just and, and doing it in private also yeah that's what I learned yeah yeah See? Lessons. <laughs> Mistakes. You know, I'm trying to piece together the tips that John's been dishing out. So um, he spotted that gap. Mm-hmm. You have to spot that need. And with most of the the top businesses now, we're thinking like, especially with apps, like, why didn't I think about that? Yeah. Like uh, Grab, yeah. Airbnb, all of these that are making so much money now. I mean, these are huge companies. Grab doesn't even own a single car. Airbnb doesn't even own their own real estate. Mm-hmm. And like, they spotted that gap. So I'm thinking, okay, that's one thing you need to do. You don't necessarily have to work with your passions because you didn't and you were successful in everything you went into and you, you were not even passionate to begin with for at least those uh, those things that you started with. So I, I'm, I'm trying to piece together the, the formula, more or less, to come up with a great business venture. What more can you add? Oh, and I have to correct you with that. I was not successful with everything that I got into. 
Okay. So, <laughs> yung hirap, so eh. that's like, what, what, what makes what will make that, you hold what, on. What you see now, Jelly, that's like the tip of the iceberg. That's okay. the very visible, like this is the successful show and mm. all that. But all the other things that were not successful, all of the other pitches that I made to people that got a no, um, that's really what builds your character so that you can succeed in in that that like ten mm-hmm. percent. Mm. Yeah, you know. So um, there. To me, there's no formula, but really just hard work okay. and and working smart also. Mm-hmm. I think you, it has to be both it. Yes. It can't be just you going out there mindlessly pitching ideas to people and pitching the same thing, Mm-mm. right? That's right. It's regrouping. Yeah. It's trying to learn from every meeting. Mm-hmm. If it's a rejection, then trying to assess, okay, why didn't that work? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I had an idea, maybe that person contributed something else that is going to make this product or service better. So. Mm-hmm. Like even with the final pitch, um, my first foray out was actually going to uh, an innovation conference in Vietnam. So I was, I was invited there as a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in there um, with Shoshin, you know, with a beginner's mindset. You know, mm. I, I had this successful show, business show in, in the mm-hmm. Philippines. I wanted to take it there, mm-hmm. right? I talked to people about it. And the things that they were telling me, I was just really absorbing, absorbing mm. right? And from that, one one of the people who was deeply entrenched in the ecosystem told me, you know what, your plan to take your show here might not work immediately just because we already have Shark Tank here. Right. Right. We have Shark Tank Vietnam. Mm-mm. What if you create um, your final pitch but make it something that's regional. Mm-hmm. And then after you do that, it's going to be easier for you to make the final pitch Vietnam. Uh-huh. So based on that um, suggestion, mm-hmm. I actually changed the strategy. In, in, uh-huh. Instead of going country per country and then doing an ASEAN version, mm-hmm. we're doing it the harder way. Yes, It's really coming up with a big show first. Um, Having the investor, each investor from six different ASEAN countries wow. converge in Singapore wow. um, and hear different pitches from across the region. Mm. And from there, um, once that's successful, then we penetrate each of these ASEAN countries. Okay. But you've got to set up the big one first. So, and that was all made possible because of this one suggestion. That one suggestion, one comment from right. somebody. Mm-mm. So, so if I'm, I had been stubborn, then, you know, probably we'd be doing things differently. <laughs> I'm getting two things from what you're saying. One is that we already know this, that people actually, for you to succeed, it's necessary to fail and to fail big. Because the biggest lessons that will propel you to success is the failure right before that. <laughs> True. Yes. 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 And and that's why there when Jelly was saying is that it's the failure that's scary. But even with with children, what we learn from even in Love Life, uh, there was a there was an article a couple of years ago where they say the the heartbreak that hurts you the most propels you into becoming a better partner for the next one. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I it seems like that. you re so you're telling us to not be afraid of failures because this is where you learn. And you set up yourself for the success. Because you're right. And mm-hmm. you, the biggest lessons cannot be taught. They can only be experienced. Yes. Is that correct? I agree. And I think the second thing that you're telling us is, and I've heard this from my father-in-law. When my father-in-law goes fishing, he has a camera and he has his musings, his mm-hmm. insights. And it really struck me because he said, the greatest leaders know that they need people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need good right, people. Right. 
it's not you. You're not the star of the show. (laughs) You're just leading these brilliant people Mm -hmm. to not to succeed themselves. And for you, your vision to also succeed. And it's it's a great thing because it's not about you alone. It's Mm -hmm. about a lot of people coming together and. I think it applies in almost every aspect of life. Right, right. Do you think so? Yeah, because right. if you look at our, our show, The Final Pitch, it's really taking these startup entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who just need that break. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um, yeah. Getting them together with mm-hmm. the right people, these investors, mm-hmm. these mentors. And the story really isn't about, I'm, I'm the facilitator, yeah. right? I'm the orchestrator. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about the journey of these entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? right? And the magic of the show is really, it is a show that after the culmination, after the, the season ender, it would have generated investments into these startup companies mm-hmm. that will take their business to the next level of growth. Right. And to me, that's the most wow. gratifying because mm-hmm. it's not just giving away prize money, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Every peso mm-hmm. that goes into these startups, if they do it properly, Mm-mm. can hire hundreds, maybe even thousands yeah. of people down the road. Sure. It'll and propagate. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's really for us a nation building effort. Even the people who work with me and in the team, the production team, they also recognize the power of the show in that sense that mm. this is not just any regular TV show because mm-hmm. this show actually helps entrepreneurs yeah. with their businesses that if they are successful it's going to be maybe the next grab, right? Mm-hmm. Or the next Airbnb mm. or, or whatever. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and I think to me, that's also why people believe in the show and, and you know, yeah. they've, 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 um, they've seen it as something that they watch and aspire to one day be part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like they have that aspiration. Like I hope I get to a point one day where I can pitch my business also yeah. because they've seen the effect, Right. And, yeah. and we've seen this the past couple of seasons, mm-hmm. how these entrepreneurs were able to grow their businesses. And, and, it's, and it's no joke. It's, it's really, for a lot of them, they, they've told us, it really changed their lives. Yeah. And we can see on social media because we're friends already, right? Mm-hmm. On social media, we can, we can see, my God, like every new store that opens yeah. or every new hire or, right. every, or every new story that comes out that talks about them getting an additional funding round. Mm-hmm. So these things all, I think, add to what we've started in the show. Absolutely, yeah. So I think to me that's, that's, that's very gratifying and, and something that we will continue to mm-hmm. pursue, um, especially now that we're doing our own startups as well. So I think um, with that mindset, I think, like pe- I think people want to see results. Mm-hmm. I think if at the end of the day, your, your, your show or your product does not generate results, um, it might not, work as 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 much as because i think that's a formula for us uh, with a real estate show with a final pitch and and with a with a new venture builder show Mm -hmm. these things have to work and you have to show people okay it's going to work and if it works this is going to be the result Mm -hmm. so there's a tangible result from from the things that we do it's not all talk yes it's it's really it's not all talk yeah I know in your brain, you've got tons of ideas marinating right now. And how do you choose which one to work with? Because I'm, while you're discussing things, I'm realizing that many of the like apps and services out in the market right now, I've thought of that years yeah. ago, but why did I not work on that idea? Like, for example, all those, uh, the cleaning services now, the right. 
those companies that you can call for them to come over to your place, clean it up and leave. I thought of, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you could just like have an app and call for like a massage or a manicure and a pedicure? You have apps for that now. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought of this years ago. So how do you know which idea to work with, when to work with it, and should you work on that particular idea? How do you even choose? Oh, okay. For me, um, my mind works very deliberately. And, and through the years that I've been in business, uh, and, and my, my, the people that I work with know this about me. When I decide to do something, it's like the, the mind is a very powerful thing, mm. right? It's so powerful. Mine is wired in such a way that if I decide that I will pursue this, I know that, let's say, this is the timeline, like in two years, we should be there. Mm-hmm. I know if I decide on it, it's going to happen. Oh. And when I tell the people closest to me that this is what we're going to do, they all believe that it's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so the thousand and one different things that you need to do mm-hmm. to be able to get to that, you, do, you don't know that yet. You'll mm-hmm. still figure it out, yeah. right? But every day you is work you working towards that goal. And you're telling me now that you, you've thought of this thing, like Ages this app, ago. right? So what you can do is you can actually... <laughs> I know somebody else worked on it. <laughs> yeah. So you think of something, you act on it immediately. Like, especially now with technology, mm-hmm. you can research, yeah. you, can do, you can do whatever. You can put up the website, there's this, uh, exactly. reserve the domain, right. right? think of the name, do it now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if someone out there is listening, this you've is always wanted to. This is the power of now, Del. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the power of now yeah. comes in for him. Yeah, and this is really how, how I do things now. It's like, I think of something, I immediately get to work, Okay. right? So, just to give you a story, um, the idea for Final Pitch was due to me talking to my wife during an event of Go Nego Show. We were in this big room with 300 people, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, leaders in government and business. Mm. We, saw, we thought, hey, wow, th- this is such a great place to be in. Mm-mm. We could actually go up to anyone and pitch an idea and maybe, you know, maybe someone would um, latch onto it, right? right. Um, I told Monica that, hey, why don't we create a TV show <laughs> where... It's like Shark Tank, right? Mm-hmm. But we can involve mentors, we can involve investors, and even these investors, we can showcase their businesses, right? So after I told her that, she said, "That's yeah, that, I think, yeah, that, that, that seems like a good idea. I immediately went to work. So next person that I talked to was um, Joey Concepcion of Gunegosh, right? Uh-huh. I approached him. I said, hi, hi, hello, hello. Uh, we're going to come up with a... Oh, like right then and there. A, yeah, yeah. We're going that to come day, up with... The um, minute he got the idea. A pitching show. It's like Shark Tank. And um, oh. yeah, um, oh, we'd, okay. love, we'd love for you to be involved. And he said, yeah, anything we can do to help. Next person I talked to, uh, told, told him the same thing. And that person eventually became one of our judges for the first season. Wow. So it's really thinking about something and, and I think you just have moving. to wire your brain to think that way because yeah, yeah. like wow I'd be like oh if I thought of that at that place I would not I mean I wouldn't think of okay let me go straight to this person no, and say I'm gonna do this like, it, immediately it's a, yeah it's like it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right I get it it's I like, get it think now of I'm it thinking, do how it. do we get our brains to be wired that way <laughs> I think maybe it's just practice because, I mean, that's like, you're like, wow, that's immediate. But, like, let's say for, uh, I'll give you an example. For this podcast, it was something that I thought of it would be fun to do. Um, but I was so scared because it was just such a big idea. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, how do you even start? And then my first person actually was, I asked Jude. I said, Jude, 
do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> as simple as that. But it wasn't as concrete as going to a person like, hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't go to Jude and no. say, we're going to do this. No, I but said, that's your first step. That was my right? first step. So you still made the first step. I did. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So that's it. And based on his feedback as well yeah so it kind of added to the idea for the yeah. podcast right? but it was a slow burn because i think yeah. you know um yeah, a, well, couple yeah. Yeah. a couple of yeah, years a couple we of years we incubated it but for that planted the seed <laughs> it that did. planted the seed it did plant the yeah. seed so i guess you just have to plant the seed mm. yeah and, and just work immediately i mean if you want to do it you know I, I could just imagine jelly had you thought of it and had you approached maybe a technical co-founder, someone Yun. who was interested in partnering yes. with you, who knew how to make, let's say, an app or a an website. App. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just talking to people about it. And mm. Like for me, what I do is right now, I just, um, I, I, I send a message to the universe. Okay. Sometimes. Social yeah. media is very powerful. It is true. Right? Like okay. right now, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm here on this podcast and yeah. I've been dying to get a contact. Uh, I've been dying to get it in with Netflix, yeah. right? For some strange reason, mm-hmm. Netflix is like one of the hardest, um, uh, like I, I need to get my shows on Netflix. Um, okay. I cannot find a way in. Oh, John's mm. going to produce our so. show on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. You're so going to produce if the there's someone drop. out there who can <laughs> connect, you connect me to, to Netflix, Netflix. Um, I would highly, highly appreciate that that introduction mm-hmm. because um, Netflix is the future. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the present. Mm-mm. And it's, um, and one, once we're there, I think, yeah. you know, uh, more people. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm using your, no, do uh, it. Send it out to the universe. I'm also sending it out to the universe that you're going to produce our show. So yeah, sure. I yeah. Be, you know, Del be, wants to be on cam. Start. Be you about know, it. Jelly's already made up for the camera. That's See, good. That's, that's the first step right there. It's, it's yeah. the hardest. And it seems like, uh, because, you, you've got your runner's high going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never lost that probably right. uh, be, yeah. being in track That's and field. That's his track yeah. and field yeah. training. And, yeah. and uh, right then and there, you know that the first step somehow is, is the hardest, but a journey of a thousand million miles starts with one and it, just by putting the first putting step. it on on the microphone. Yeah. Right. I think maybe that's what we're just bogged down. Oh, oh my God, what's my first step? So you go to Jelly, which is so yeah. bogged down. What's my first step? And fear. But the first you, step for is me, it's super I think tiny. it's fear of failure. Uh, like, okay, I work on this and then it's not going to work or it's not going to be successful. Uh, I don't know if I'm traumatized you, you from childhood. Down before you I started. <laughs> no, but... I don't know if it's because of the, the trauma from my previous business mm-hmm. ventures, but okay. then hearing from you that, you know, so the success failures. that you're seeing now, that's just the tip. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got a bigger oh, yeah. picture out yeah. there of failures that led you to that. So I'm like, okay, I haven't um, accumulated enough failures as yet I think to it, lead me to that success. Yeah, I think there just has to be a paradigm shift with how you treat failure, right? Instead of being scared. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Really just embracing mm-hmm. failure Absolutely. as an integral part of success. Yeah. So I think, you know, failure is good for in, in your case. You know, if I think had you not failed, you, that's actually an advantage for you because you failed mm. prior then you know not to go down that path. True. Again. Right? Pareho lang ako, business and love life. Nag-fail, ayaw na mag-business. Nag-fail, ayaw na mag-love life. So, don't think, let it fuel you na lang. Let it fuel you. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that's right. I mean, if, if anybody's listening, um, John just really said it. It's as simple as that. You know, you ask a question, you plant the seed, you, you send it out to the send universe. Send it out to the universe, yes. right? That could be your uh, and you first act step. on it. Yeah, yeah, and you and, act on it. And sometimes on it people right are away. protective of their ideas. Mm. They think that if they tell people about it, oh, he's gonna he's gonna steal my idea, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know, I'm never gonna be coming up with these ideas like every now and then. So that I have to protect mm. this one thing, but that's never the case because it's all about. Um, working with other people. And unless you tell people about your ideas, then it's just going to be in your head, right? Right. Because you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. So put it out in the universe, find people you know that can help you, right? Create your team around you. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of failure. Act on your ideas. Be deliberate Uh -uh. with your actions when you're acting on your ideas. After that, after you get the team, um, what's your next step? What would be the next step? Okay, you have your team around you. Mm -hmm. Then what? Okay, once you have your team around you, I think it's very important to have um, a shared culture, Mm. right? A shared um, hierarchy of values. What is important to you? How do you treat people? The mission um, and vision. The mission and vision of the company mm-hmm. is very important because that really sets the tone for how you will be operating your business in Correct. the years to come, Mm-mm. right? And unless you all share the same values, you're never going to jive, right. right? And it's very important, not not to say that you should get like-minded people all the time yeah. because you need the diversity, yes. True. right? But what's important really is for you to have a shared set of values mm-hmm. that will help you in deciding even the littlest things into the major things as well. So mm-hmm. I think once you have that, it's going to be easier um, uh, uh, as an organization. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hi. Hey, Harper. <laughs> it's a little one. <laughs> Sorry, don't mind her. She's listening. So hopefully she'll she be started this early. She's starting at young. <laughs> Oh, but wow. anyway, um, there's so many things to learn from you just when, with an hour's worth of talking. And yeah. um, it's not just about business you're ta- talking to us about. It's about character. Uh-uh. And it can be applied in many other aspects of life. And thank you so much for your time. And it's so enlightening to have talked to you for yeah. how many minutes we've been talking. Because I'm sure somebody will be listening to this and they will be inspired they have an idea and they just don't know what to do next yeah. Yeah. just like yeah. jelly it's funny because when you're saying don't be don't don't protect it too much that you mm-hmm. want to hide it from other people for fear of secrecy mm-hmm. uh, for fear of people stealing your ideas because you need people you have to draw them in yeah. and i think in in essence you are the leader and you're you are you you pull people people together and you even make people succeed in their own in their own right and you're not allergic to that and i think that spells longevity especially you like I said there's a generation before us where you get into a job you hold it for 40 50 years mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. you're but done. the world has changed yeah. and you're you're telling us no be fluid you know things come up in life and <laughs> we got out of radio what's next and it really surprised us and I, one of the takeaways is to be able to transition to pivot right. constantly pivoting pivot, right. this is this is a you phrase i learned from a podcast this. i was listening. yeah constantly pivoting yeah. and that's what you're doing Mm-mm. that's why you're not 
hindi ka patapos eh. Even if this idea is successful or not, you're constantly pivoting and you're always open to the possibility of success, but also the possibility of failure because you're not afraid to fail because you know when you fail, it just sets you up to the bigger success after. Yes. Nice. Wow. Nice Thank you. Big. I'm so happy to have met you. <laughs> Hopefully in person next time. Hopefully in person. I'm sure yes, it will happen. I need a mentor. I need a one-on-one with you. We need to have coffee because I have many ideas. There are a lot of pitches. Maybe you can pitch the show. Yes. It was oh, a realizing. Oh, notice like the last couple of years with other businesses, the, the big buzzword has been collaboration. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's something that you've been operating with ever since since yes. the beginning mm-hmm. yes. you've been collaborating i mean eavesdrop yeah. wouldn't have been eavesdrop if we never collaborated yeah. so it's, it's really having that mindset of you need people correct you need people 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 who need people <laughs> are the luckiest people in the world <laughs> And I like how he said, if you have an idea, sometimes you don't talk to other people about it because you're afraid they will steal your ideas. Mm -mm. But it's in talking about it that you get the right people. That is so true. I guess that's the reason why none of those ideas ever work because I kept it to myself. (laughs) Mm -mm. Oh, it's great. I'm I'm happy we had this conversation because it seems like the easiest thing to do, but you don't really realize that that. It is so easy because your mind is just so bogged down with the infinite possibilities of failure. Yeah. Right. Um, and John, thank you so much for spending you. uh, your Sunday. Sending love to Monica as well. Yes, your <laughs> wife. Um, Making it happen. I think we should later. I mean, hopefully maybe you and your wife would be able to sit down with us also because sure. that's a great dynamic too. I asked her. She's like, no, not me. Not. No, but that's <laughs> nice because, you know, it's hard because if you're a husband and wife, you're working together. Mm-hmm. You also have to try to kind of like keep that separate when you get home you know if you let it carry over it's a mess you know so we, we gave a talk two days ago that was a, a, about a, that oh, exactly nice. about that oh man I need it where do you give these talks I want to go <laughs> we will oh, yeah. no no we, ha- we have to this is this is where John talks to his wife and says okay we can do an episode yes. of how husband and wife can keep business yeah. <laughs> we'll have you back please we'll have you back please please don't say no Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for inviting oh, But just in case any of our listeners are curious as to where they can hear you, see you, do you do talks, workshops, aside from your book, the show? Yeah. Uh, so best way really is to go to our website, thefinalpitch.ph. Mm-hmm. So you can catch all previous seasons of the show there. We're still uploading the current ones. Nice. And also, uh, I guess social. A lot of people have, have reached mm-hmm. out to me on, on social. Um, How can we follow uh, you? Facebook, um, Instagram, John S. Aguilar. And um, actually a, a big chunk of the entrepreneurs who came out on the show actually reached out to me on social. Mm. And uh, that was their way to kind of see, okay, is it an idea that can be pitched on the show? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just, you know, it's just something that needs some work. Yeah. Right? Uh-uh. But... A lot of them got funded through the show. That's cool. Well, well hey, Ron and PA got funded, right? Yeah. On yeah. the final pitch. So yay, thank you yes. <laughs> for having that show. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, spending time with us. 
coming out here, uh, inspiring us even more. Thank you, John. Thank you again to Monica. Yes. Yeah, we'll have her on the show as well. Yes. I think that would be a great episode. Absolutely. We'll have you back, but this is more on a personal note. Right. You know? yeah. Okay. And wife who work together and right. how, do you, how right. does a marriage survive working together in business? Okay. That's a lot of successes and failures as well. Right. <laughs> oh, look forward to another episode with John and his wife, Monica. But yes. for now, thank you again for your time. And we we're looking forward to the next episode where we will have you back and your wife, hopefully. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, John. All right. So that wraps up our episode. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Eavesdrop Podcast. My name is Francesca. My name is Jelly. And from Utah, this is Delamar. We'll catch you back in the next episode of the Eavesdrop. Bye, guys. So um, you're into podcasting. We tell you about Anchor.fm and then you say, okay, how am I going to get it out there? Right? Well, Anchor has a one-click distribution. All you have to do is upload your podcast, your show on Anchor.fm, and then they will take care of the rest, as in they will propagate it to all the different platforms like Spotify. Right? So it's that easy. So all you have to do is share your Anchor profile, and then your listeners can actually just choose whichever podcast app they want to consume your podcast on. So check us out, The Eavesdrop on Anchor.fm. This ad is brought to you by Anchor by Spotify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.